Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. first came to the Central Coast, we moved into Wyong. We didn't know anything about the regions or the areas or the communities or the suburbs when we moved up here from Sydney. We just found a house on the river that was a good price. And we were living there for a while, going to our fairly um, upmarket church in Erina with all our terrible friends. And, um, and coming back to Wyong. And we began to look around at this area that we'd moved into. And, of course, from going back uh, 30, 31 years, it was very different 31 years ago. And we looked around at the people and we looked at each other and went, where the heck have we moved? What have we done? So we were sitting in our lounge room discussing how we could afford to get into the market in Terrigal so we could go and live with our nice friends and go to our nice church and have a nice life. When there was a knock at the door and it was one of the ladies from our church in Erina, she'd driven all the way from Erina, she'd been driving through the streets and God had just spoken to her clearly in the car to come and give us a word. And she said this to us, God says this to you, why should you go looking for a mission field when there's one in your backyard? And we knew then that God had put us in that place, that he had ordained us to move there so that we could make a difference, so that we could put a light in a very, very dark place. Back in that day, it was a lot darker. We brought a lot of light in 31 years as a church to this place. And we wanted to bring that light. And we thought, okay, what we'll do is we will pray and we will fast and we will walk the streets until God sends someone to plant a church in this place. And so we started walking the streets. We were doing 40-day fast. We did 10 years of this. 10 years. It wasn't like an overnight success. 10 years, 40-day fast, we go up to the high places, kick down the altars, we pray over the people, we pray over the minds of the people. We had so much prayer. And then one day, out of the blue, God turns around and he points his finger at us and he says, why are you praying for a pastor to come to this place when it's you? And we were astounded. We thought, what can we do, God? What can we do? And Pastor Phil got this revelation that If only we have enough love, if we have enough love that we can love these people with the love of Jesus Christ, and if we have the Holy Spirit, then we may be able to make a difference even though we don't really know what we're doing. How many people know that God likes people that don't know what they're doing because sometimes he gets to do what he wants to do and we don't get in the way? (laughs) Yeah. So we said, God, we're obedient to you. We're going to do what you're calling us to do. And we were prayed out of our church with our four kids. At the time, I had a six-month-old baby, three little kids. We had a guitar. 
a stereo that played praise music and Tim and Louise Phillips came with us and a couple of other people said they would join us and we started. We hired a school hall in the middle of the Housing Commission area in Wyong and we started church. And from the day that we started, God began to bring in the most lost and the most broken and the most hurting people into our midst. In the first 12 months, we had 218 really broken people saved. We had no team. We had no backup. We had no money. We, had, we, we, were, just, we were just running on adrenaline and the Holy Spirit. We didn't know what to do with all these people. And after about two and a half years, we moved into the high school and then eventually over to here. And it was almost like God said, I've given you a taste of that to test you, to see if you would love those that are unlovable, to see if you would pour your heart into those that no one else. See, everyone would say, well, you need to go to one because no one else wants to go. They wouldn't. Oh, yeah, we'll send Phil and Julie there because no one else wants to go there and we want to plant a church there. So, so you know, no one else wants to. And they called it the preacher's graveyard and they, they said it was just the worst place in the world to plant a church. But, but, but we went. And God said, I tested you in that to see if you would love the unlovable, to see if you would really be like Christ in your hearts and not go for the rich, fancy place where you could have a successful church overnight have a lot of people giving a lot of money, build a big building and just have your nice, comfortable, slick church with your nice, slick friends and do ministry. No, we went into the mission field and we, we sowed our hearts and our lives into that place. And it was like God said to us, okay, I've tested you in this. You've been faithful with little. Now I'll give you the much. And he gave us this place and he gave us this church and he gave us you people and some of you were the broken people that got healed and now you're still here. Praise Jesus for that. Amen. And now we've got what we probably thought about in the first place. We've got a slick church, nice friends, nice life, and everything's nice. But how many of you know that Jesus didn't send us here to be nice? Jesus didn't send us here to be comfortable. Jesus didn't send us into this earth that we might just have a great community of people that love each other and get on like we do, like a great family. We Now what we have is the most incredible base by which now we can go back across the river and go get them. We can go back into Wyong and go get them because now we're strong enough to bring them through into a full breaking of the cycle transition into life. Amen. So this what I'm sharing with you today, really, it doesn't come out of, hey, this would be a good idea, or other people are doing this, so we might as well do it. This comes out of the last 20 years of our hearts breaking for the ones that we'd left behind that we knew one day we'd go back and get them. And the day has come. Amen? The day has come. So I think the best way I can communicate this with you firstly, because I think you can hear a lot of words, but don't you think music really, really does describe it? And I think I communicate well with music. So I just want to sing you a song. 
And then I'm going to share a little bit more with you. Father, I pray. 
pray, Lord Jesus. Every eye closed in this place, Lord, I pray that you would fill us with your love, oh God. That you would break our hearts, God, for what breaks yours. And that you would stretch us today and let us see beyond the four walls of this church to the ones that you love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, run, Maddie, run. Praise Jesus. I want to share a few things with you about that. Isn't that a great song written by Jen, Jen Johnson? And Brian Johnson, great song. The minute I heard that song, I was just like a wreck, as you would be. I didn't think I was going to get through it this morning. I thought I'd be a thanks, Julie. And they're going to put it on the screen. The king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you do this to one of the least of my brethren, you do it to me. That's what Mother Teresa said when she was in the slums of Calcutta and they would say to her you know how can you do what you do how can you hold a leper that's covered in leprosy in the street and kiss their face as they're dying how can you do that and she says because I just imagine that they're Jesus because whoever does this to the least of these does it to me I just imagine that I'm kissing the face of Jesus Oh, I'd, There's a quote here that says, The poor tell us who we are, and the prophets tell us what we could be, so we hide the poor and we kill the prophets. I like that quote. This was the key scripture when we planted our church that the Lord gave us, Isaiah 61. And it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations." 
I keep saying that that we're waiting for the next move of God to come. We're waiting for the next move of God that's going to usher us into this incredible plan of God that He has for these last days. When we see the stem of darkness that's coming over the earth, the deep darkness is over the earth, we're waiting for this next plan of God. God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do to stem this darkness? And the Word of God says this, In the last days, the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The right interpretation or that, that, that word glory there means the goodness of God. The goodness of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. You're waiting for the next move of God. The next move of God is going to be this, the goodness of God is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. God is going to so wreck us with His love. He's going to wreck us with His love that we would go out wrecked in the love of God and we would would release the goodness of God across the earth everywhere that we go. Amen. To the darkest places. And we would come and we would find these people that, that have been rejected by society, that, 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 that are impoverished, that have been stuck in a cycle for generations and generations stuck in cycles that they cannot get themselves out of. And we would go and we would find them and we would discover what's inside of them and we would show them the goodness of God and then we would show them that the cycle can be broken in the name of Jesus Christ, and they would become oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. You you ask me, who's going to be the most famous people in these last days? Who are going to do the greatest work? I'm telling you, it's going to be those that are so healed and so delivered that they'll have so much love because they that have been forgiven much will love much. And they'll go anywhere and do anything for Jesus. And they will rebuild the ancient ruins that have laid there for generations because they knew that God had rebuilt their own mess, their own ruin that had been there for generations. And they'll have a testimony and a witness. I was like this, and now I am like this. Amen? Woo! Sorry, I'm really emotional about this stuff. You see, there are many groups and organizations, and hats off to them, that meet the needs in the community, that feed the poor, that clothe them, that meet their needs. I'm not talking about just meeting needs right now. See, I believe this, and this is what C3 Cares philosophy is. C3 Cares philosophy And I'll tell you in a minute, there's 18 C3 Cares ministries now in Australia. It was launched from Silverwater, just a girl with a heart to go and make a difference. And the the reason this girl had a heart to make a difference, because she could see many people were doing good works in the community, but she did not see the gospel of the kingdom coming to change lives along with the good works. See, God didn't tell us, just go feed them. Go feed them, meet their needs, change their lives. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us. Let's read it again. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord 
is upon us because he has anointed us to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, not just to feed their habit, feed their mess, you know, make them put a Band-Aid on the whole thing. He's told us to go in, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? So this is what we're talking about. If you could just put that photo up with that. I love this photo. Keep your coins. I want change. Keep your coins. I want change. Inside the heart of every human being, there is a knowledge that they were born for something more than this. Put up your hand if you feel that right now. Do you feel like you were born for something more than you're even doing right now? Inside of us is this intrinsic knowledge that we're actually children of God and that we have a purpose on this earth. And inside every human heart, there is that. Amen? It says here in James 5, 19 to 20 in the message, My dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back. And you would have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. Why should we help? Why should we do anything? I mean, I've, I've been guilty of statements like, you know, no one should live on the streets in Australia. You know, we're a kalaki country. And, you know, why should we go and feed? And they probably put themselves there. Why should we go and look after them? You know, alcohol has put them there or whatever. Why should it be our responsibility? They put themselves in that situation. Why should we go and help? You know, they just need to get out of their mess and get out of their rut. And I've been guilty of saying things like that. But it says here in Psalm 139 and verse 16, God's talking about every human being. He's talking about how he formed us in our mother's wombs. And it says here, it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Every human being has a story to tell. Every human being has a story that is written in heaven. It is written in God's book. And the enemy comes to do whatever he can to ever get that person to read that book that they're supposed to live in their lives. He'll do anything to destroy that. Because if they live out that, if they live out what God has written for them, they will fulfill the purpose of God on the earth and they'll make a change and a difference. And that's dangerous to the enemy. So the last thing he wants people to know that there's a story written about them. The last thing he wants them to know that there is a father who loves them and has a plan for them and has a purpose for them. It's the last thing he wants them to know. And so he pours stuff on them from the time they came out of their mother's womb. He's just pouring stuff on poor people. And they get, they get, they get lost in the weight of all that and they can't get out. They can't get out. Every human being has a story. They just don't know it. Just put that little man's face up there. Can you see the story in his eyes? Can you see the story in his eyes? What was he supposed to do with his life? 
Was he just supposed to die on the street? Was that the end of him? What was he born for? What's inside there? What's behind? How does he feel? What does he go through? What is his thoughts? What does he think about? Who is he? Who did God make him to be? That's what I think when I see people. When I see people, no matter what they look like or where, what they are, I want to know, who are you in there? What did God make there? And I shared that story when I was a child. And I shared it with many of you before, but I'm sharing it again. My dad, with six kids, for something to do on a Saturday, would take us to the local tip. In those days, you could go and rummage for the tip. And it was fun because you could find stuff. And he would take us to the local tip. And he would just give us buckets and space, say, go, go find treasures, go find treasures. And all my brothers and sisters would run over the top of the piles. And I'd go right to the guts of where it really smelled, the smelliest part of that rubbish tip. I knew that that's where the best treasures be because no one would look there. No one's going to look for treasure under a rubbish tip. No one will look for treasure under a rubbish tip. In the smelliest places where people will never think there's a treasure. And I'd go and I'd dig out the treasure. I'd always find the best treasure. I'd clean it up put it on my mantelpiece in my bedroom. And one day God said to me, Julie, that's what I'm calling you to do. I'm going, I'm calling you to go to the rubbish tips of people's lives and find them and find the treasure within, find the story inside of them and draw it out and dig it out and find out who they are and set them on my mantle of heaven. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse them and wash them and change them. Who says they have to stay like that just because they are like that? What if you had been left as you were? How many times do people walk past me? In my 21 years as a human being, I had never had a Christian witness to me. I was 21 years of age. I had never heard the name of Jesus, and I had never had anyone talk to me. And Jesus came and got me himself. He came to my room himself. And when I asked him, why did you come? Why did you come yourself? Obviously, I'm not special. I'm just one of your kids. And he said this to me. He said, because I sent so many others and no one would go. And I could not stand to watch you suffer one more day. So I had to come myself. You see, he does want to go himself, but he wants to go himself inside you. You know, behind the facade, behind the face, there's a human being. There's a child of God waiting to be released from the prison of their own body waiting to be released from the prison of their own circumstances, of their own trials. God wants to send us in. Wow. I love this Isaiah 58. It says this, 6 to 12. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide for the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger, how many people have pointed fingers at people and go, oh, they're hopeless. I remember reading a book years ago and it was a dream 
that this man had had. It was a dream over a long period of time that he'd had about how God was showing him heaven. And he was, he was, he was in heaven and he's, he wanted to know who's sitting at the right hand of the Father, just like everybody wanted to know that. All the disciples wanted to know that. Who's sitting at the right hand of the Father? And he sees this man sitting at the right hand of the Father. He sees this on the throne, this man on a throne. And he goes, that guy looks really familiar. And the man comes down and shakes his hand and says, hi, how are you? And he realized that this was a bum off the street that he used to walk past when he was going to his fancy church meetings. And this bum would be preaching the gospel on the streets with tracks. And he walked past him and he would say, oh, that's disgusting. I can't believe that this guy's doing that. It just brings so much disdain to the ministry. And this was this guy. And he says, I don't get it, God. How come this guy is here? And, you know, and I see other people that were great evangelists that won many to the Lord. And he said, God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart of man. And he gives you so many talents in your life for you to use. And it's up to you if you use all the talents that he gives you, then the reward will be great. He said, I only gave this man three talents. Three talents. The first one he used, not kick. There was a little cat that was bugging him while he was asleep and he didn't kick the cat. First talent. The second talent was he gave some of his food to someone who was more hungry than him while he was sleeping on the street. And the third talent was on a freezing cold night, he took his blanket off and he put it over someone else and he died, froze to death. And all the time, he was, this man had been saved through a track that he found on the street. And all the time he was praying to Jesus, trying to get people saved. And every bit of money that he got in begging, he would buy tracks. And this guy was just like, so. this guy was a big ministry. He was just like, wow. You know, it's going to be so different when we get there, when we see the way things really are and the way it really pans out. It says, if you do away with the pointy finger, the malicious talk, if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the, the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. The night will become like new day. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. And you will be a well-watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up age-old foundations you will be called repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets with dwellings. I love this. I love it so much. I just want to show you this um, C3 Cares website. And as I said, you know, C3 Cares, the vision that we have as C3 churches is that not to just go and feed people, clothe people and do the stuff, and then leave them as they are. But the vision is to break the cycle. Well, that's my words. Break the cycle is going to be the vision of C3 Tugra. C3 Cares, breaking the cycle. This is the website here of all the C3 Cares. If you can just put locations up there, if you can just go to locations. So you can see all the locations so far. C3 Tugra will be one of the locations. They're at the moment right now just designing our logo. And it will be on this website. And so if you just go to um, our services, can you just slide up where it says our services? So this is what, what C3 Cares does. 
We do community meals. Each week, hundreds of people meet together for a free hot lunch or dinner and chat at locations across Sydney. Emergency food hampers, support families and individuals in crisis with emergency food hampers, free fruit and vegetables, and discounted $5 box of groceries available at some locations. Free clothing, good quality, secondhand clothing, and we've just, we've just connected with a few shops that are saying they're gonna give us new clothing for children. Advocacy, meet with local support workers to help move out of crisis situations, attend court and provide referrals. Life courses are available to help with computer skills, budgeting, resumes and interview skills and work placements. So it's all about using the, the idea of providing a hot meal. And what they do is they say, don't do it in your own church building. Go to where the poor are and do it in a community hall. So it looks like Megan, Megan and Edmund are working on this right now, but it looks like we might be securing Wang High School Hall for our dinners. And they're providing us with the kitchen that's in the hall plus a home tech room where we can do the cooking. And they'll have the tables and chairs and everything that we can set up there. A lot of the homeless in our community and the poor are around that area. So the homeless, they sleep under the bridge down at Wyong. They sleep up on, in the river uh, behind Wyong High School. That's where they sleep. And then there's the whole housing commission area. It's close enough for people to walk from that housing commission area. Single moms with their little kids. We're going to connect with them. We're going to connect with those people. We're also connecting with refugees. So most of the refugees that come here to the central coast are Nigerian. But they come, they they. they, they don't speak language, they don't have money, they've got no clothing for their children, um, they're, they're coming out of crisis situations a lot of the time, so we're going to help refugees as well. So what we do is we do a great big meal and we provide a hot meal, we go out into the streets as a team and we invite them to come, we have, they provide, C3 Cares provide everything that we need, so it's like a franchise. So you know how McDonald's is a franchise and if you join a franchise, you get everything you need. So the brochures, the printing, the bags, all that sort of stuff, we get, we get free, given to us. It's all provided to, for us to do the work. We set up this beautiful dinner. We invite all the people to come and we have strategic people sitting at each table. Who, we have forms that we, we fill out just looking at their different needs. How can we help you? How can we best help you? How can we best meet your needs? You know, if it's a single mom with kids, you know, how are you going? How is your mental health? How is your home? How Do you need food on a regular basis? What do you need? And we tick off these boxes and then they go into a database and then we bring the help to the people. But while we're talking to the people around the tables, we're building relationship, we're finding out who they are. While they're having dinner, we do a short gospel message, a song and a short gospel message. And this is where we're going to release some of you to come and preach the gospel to the, to the poor. This is going to be your job. You know, we're going to release you to do that. It's going to be amazing. And then we do an altar call for salvation every time. And then at the end, we give food parcels away. So they have to stay to the end to get their food parcel. See, it's smart. You've got to be smart. Wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. They get their food parcel at the end of that. As well as that, then they go onto our database. And if they're on our database and they're part of a relationship with us, then they get access to the food that we will have during the week. We hope to get 
a huge, uh, another container, Pastor Phil, on the land, and we're going to fill it with food. Just show those photos of what we have already started to gather. We've already, yep, yep, there's sleeping bags. So we've got three boxes of sleeping bags right now already donated to us that we can take out right now to the, to the homeless and say, here's a sleeping bag for you to sleep in. It's freezing right now. Think about it, guys, when you go home to your warm bed, what would it feel like to sleep in the street right now? So there's sleeping bags. And we've also got right now um, in the local prisons, they, they're making, um, what do you call those, swags. We've got prisoners right now making swags that they're going to donate to us to give to the homeless so they can sleep in a swag, you know, because these get wet and swags don't get wet. And then we have all that food. That's already coming in, so that's being stored at someone's house right now. That's actually our food. That's our food. Um, Ali and and, um, and Abraham, who have joined the church, praise God, after seven years in Papua New Guinea uh, as missionaries. But before that, they had a a feeding the homeless uh, ministry in Sydney, which now is a multi-million dollar company and um, has a CEO over it, and they own semi-trailers and, you know, trucks, and, and they, he can get us as much food as we need, as much food as we need. All we need is the storage space and, and need to go get it. We need to just pick it up. So, it, like, the doors are just opening like that, guys. It's not going to be a big strain on our church. It is part of our Vision Builders, you know, launch, but it's not going to be a big financial strain on our church. It's going to practically cost us nothing, really. And we've got companies right now that are saying yes to giving us clothes, Target, other, other companies, Big W, saying they're going to give us children's, new children's clothing and warm jumpers and things like that that we can give to people. I mean, it's just, it's just flooding in. It's just like God said... We took a step and now it's just like, I can't slow this thing down. It's just like, it's just like God is so into this. He's so into this. Amen. He's so into this. And so the full, the long-term vision, I'm going to finish. I'm sorry I've gone over, but the long-term vision is this. It always has been. We have a DA approval to, to build a double-story house out there. The footings are in. The footings are already in. And that double-story house has always been a vision that we would have a C3 Cares or a care arm of the church one day. And what we want to do is we want to put in that, obviously, um, this food. And then what will happen, we can do this in the meantime as well in the container. But what will happen is the food will be priced, but low prices. And so people can come and they can do their shopping for the week, but it's like 50 cents and a dollar for this and 50 cents for that. But it's new, it's not secondhand food. I mean not secondhand. After you've eaten it and spewed it up. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not out of date food. This food that we're getting is just because a crate a crate got a bit dinged and then they give you the whole crate. And and it's brand new, good food, not out of date. It's good good. And this way when you when you're dealing with people in the community that have different eating, like if we're gonna minister to Nigerians, they, they're not going to know what wheat mix is, right? So we don't want to give them food that they're not going to eat. We want them to come and do their own shopping. And then what we can do is give out gift vouchers. We can give out $50, $100 food vouchers for those that have no money and they come and they use the voucher to do their shopping. So we're not just handing it out to anyone as much as you want. 
You know, it's really like, and it's only if you're on our database that you get food. You can come and shop. We want to do a community veggie garden and have fresh fruit and vegetables. I mean, come on, guys. We've got this land. We might as well use it. And in that house, we want to put psychologist, racial. You know, when she graduates, she's going to be a psychologist. We want to put a psychologist. We want to put healing rooms. We want to put prayer rooms, prayer ministry with Phil and Fleur. They can be full-time praying for people to be set free, to break the cycle, to put them in a new place. We want to employ hairdressers and stylists to to teach them. Edmund wants to teach them how to do resumes and basic computer skills to get jobs. We're going to take these people, we're going to pour everything that we have into them, and we're going to break the cycle and change their lives in Jesus' name. And the food is only the way to reach them. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, I will tell you about that. I will tell you. Pastor Phil's busting with vision. So so we have approval to build a two-story house. We have the footings in. It's about 360000 to build that house. Obviously, we're not even looking at that right now because we want to build the kids' church and finish what we've already started. So don't worry. Don't get all freaky on me. But listen, <laughs> we were driving past the mower shop the other day, which they're about to knock it all down through here because they're going to put a big highway through here. Did you know that? Did you know there's a new, yeah, there's a new highway coming from Wyong and it's going to come past our land and, and they're knocking all that out to build road down there. And the lawnmower shop, Phil and I dropped in the other day, Phil said, I've just got a feeling. And he went and asked the guy, what are you doing with your building? And the guy said, oh, mate, it belongs to the RTA now. You can go and talk to them because I reckon they'd give it to you free. If you told them that what you were doing in the community for the poor, they might just give you this double-story building free. And it's, a, it's full, it's like this. It's, a, it's still steel structure. It's steel structure, double-story building. It's perfect. And Ra's going to take it down. He doesn't know that yet. He just found out <laughs> with his team and put it back up for us. So pray for that this week as Pastor Phil approaches the RTA about donating that double-story building for C3 Cares on our land. God is opening the doors. We're going to do this. It's amazing. Amen. So if you want to know any more about how to help, if you want to be on the team, if you want to cook, if you want to be on the team to be with the people and speak at the tables, if you want to preach at those meetings, if you want to help, you know, pack food, if you, any, anything that you want to do, if you think you could help with this ministry, could you please see the, um, the reception desk before you go home today? And Sophia will have a list there. You can write your name down. And we'll send you an email and be in contact with you. And write your name down and just put the area that you'd be interested in. You know, I want to I wanna help cook. I want to talk to people. I want to preach. Cam Harvey, you've got to come and preach there, by the way. And Ra, I mean, come on, guys. Let's use this gift that we have. But not just these guys. I want to use normal people. Normal people. <laughs> not just the freaky ones. Not just the freaky ones, only his normal people. Norley's a normal person. 
Yeah. Ev's a normal person. Anyone with a heart for these people, it's going to be amazing. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you so much for staying back a little bit extra, but how good is it to get that? Who's excited? Are you buzzing? Thank you, Lord. And I'm telling you this. I know this for a fact, that as soon as we step out and we start to do this, God is going to increase our numbers. Oh, I've just got to read that last scripture to you. One more scripture, Ellie. Just let me read this last scripture because I think this is, this is really. And go on to the C3 Cares website. Have a little look around. I mean, it's got so much more than what I showed you. And you can see what they're doing there. But the last scripture is this. I'm finding it. It says this, and this is the example of the early church, Acts 2, 41 to 47. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Listen to this. This is the church. This is the church that we're supposed to model after. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Yay! Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I prophesy that as we step out, we're going to see the favour of God shine on us. As we move out, the Word of God is going to come to pass. If you help the poor, if you do this, then your light will shine in the darkness. Then I will bring increase. You're going to bust out of who you think you are. You're going to bust out of your material world. You're going to bust out of your comfort zones. And you're going to find what it really is to bring the gospel to a dying and a hurting world. In Jesus' name, amen. And then this church will grow. And it will be added to our number daily, those that are being saved, amen. And not just the broken will be saved. Others will be saved. Everyone will be saved. Because God's going to bring people to the light of His glory as He pours out His goodness across the earth through us. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.